All righty. Welcome to an inquiry into freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. So, um, to start off, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, uh, we were talking before about real estate and the impact it has on the economy. And so you had brought up um, some very important points because you've been in uh, commercial real estate and banking for a very long time. And ironically, a couple days later, I, I'm listening to an interview with Ben Carson and, and so not only is the um, residential side of real estate in a lot of trouble because they keep raising interest rates, but supposedly next year, 20% of commercial real estate loans are coming up to renegotiate or, or are finished and they have to start a new lease. Um, the Fed says that they're probably going to raise interest rates again because they have to try to outrun inflation, and that's the only way they can do it. So um, the question was asked of Ben Carson, how is that going to affect business owners? Um, when they're not going to be able to afford their leases, when they when they have to renew them, 20% of businesses have to renew them. Not to mention the already m multitudes of empty commercial buildings that are, are still sitting empty. Um, so I thought we could we could get your uh, your take on that and um, would be a good start you know, for this, this episode. Whew. Well, uh, and, and one more thing they said that he said that this would lead to another great, not depression, but another great recession. And mortgage rates haven't been this high since 2002. This was Ben Carson. It was, yeah, uh, the information was was a segue to him coming in and talking about it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't think people are used to hearing him talking about real estate and finance and investments because, you know, it, He's, well, I'm thinking the reason he, they asked him was because he was HUD secretary. That's the only thing I can, uh, you know. Yeah, and, you know, he was a very quiet guy in the role he had. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just that Ben Carson is not someone who says, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. I'm so great. Yeah. He just goes about his job, and, and uh, there aren't complaints. Nothing bad happens. He just... He just does the work, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I've just, I like people like that. And I like him. I think he's a genuinely good person. Um, I would agree. People can, people can have whatever opinion they want to of politicians. But I think he's a genuinely good person. Um, but uh, it's interesting to me, and I don't know if they've, if they brought this up, but maybe they did. 
because he's one of the founders of Old Glory Bay that we were talking about before, where I'm I'm one of the founder mm, charter members, I guess. Um, but he and John Rich and uh, someone else who I always forget whenever I want to talk about it uh, got together and put together this uh, bank charter. But at any rate, uh, he has a different take on real estate than he once did because he's got a little more expertise now as a, a bank owner. So I just have not talked with him or, or heard him talk on the subject to get, you know, the subtleties of where he may have uh, be changing his mind here or there, what have you. Um, but the the charter of old glory is more about um underserved areas rather than trying to go out and push uh 40 million dollar commercial real estate loans you know they're more about helping folks who uh need help with getting their first loan or maybe they for whatever their circumstances might be the, the bank is all about helping middle America. It is not about uh, huge profits like uh, JP Morgan. So it, it's just not. Um, in fact, I'd be shocked if they had much CRE. Um, so just for, for a second, for, for both of our listeners out there who might not know, I, I try to not use lingo because there's so much lingo in all professions. But CRE is uh, lingo for commercial real estate. And CREF is C-R-E-F, that's commercial real estate finance. Just for people who wanna follow the subject, Google it, whatever. Um, so yeah, I people have been wondering when the, the coming crash of commercial real estate is for several years now. Um, I am shocked that it hasn't happened yet. Uh, I thought that the the government COVID garbage would have brought it down. But then they also threatened lenders if they foreclosed on properties that uh, they would have problems too. So by then I was retired and all we do is service stuff that's already out there and all of ours is performing. So um, I have not heard any issues at all, but you know, we're not in that, we're not in the high risk arena. Uh, it's just that so much has done, been done to harm uh, the small business sector and uh, commercial real estate also that uh, it, it just really surprises me that we have not seen it crash. It's been waiting to crash for a while now. I don't know what's keeping it from crashing. It's well, you know, they <laughs> that's something that they said. Almost really? to the T, okay. yeah. And what Ben Carson pointed out was 
They've done everything they can do up to this point with manipulating the economy. Printing money, raising interest rates, um, bailouts, all of these things that now they've run out of options. And he said every time they raise the interest rate, it's putting another Band-Aid on what's inevitable. Because eventually, um, they're going to run into, people are going to start going through foreclosures like they did in the, in the uh, crash of 2008. Because they're not going to be able to pay those payments. Uh, unless they had a fixed rate, you know, and, and, and even those, I, I'm not sure how that works, but um, essentially, and, and not to cut you off, but so you can keep going, they did mention that, and they said they just keep raising mm -hmm. little by little the interest rate, but eventually they're going to get to a point where they can't do that anymore to prevent a recession. Um, we've already yeah. seen, we've already seen the <laughs> stock market start to lose money. I hate to use the stock. I hate when they use the stock market, and I don't like to use the stock market when it comes to normal everyday people, because you know that's not Main Street in in a small town or or in a suburb. You know that that's not how life is is led and by most people most people don't invest in the stock market you, you you know that's not something that an average american does uh so to use that as a uh, uh a point of reference when it comes to a recession uh i i get that it does have some impact uh but that's not the that's not the most important thing Well, I agree. I think people get focused on the stock market because so many people are invested in it through IRAs and 401ks. For sure, for sure. I mean, there are so many people in corporate America who do not understand that there are other folks out there who have no money in the market at all. They couldn't care less what the stock market's doing. I mean, they don't want it to crash, but by all means, uh, they're not invested in it. They don't follow it. Right. So, you know, it, it's it's just interesting what people follow, what they're what affects them. Mm -hmm. And small businesses uh, don't, by and large, follow the stock market. You know, they put their profits in their businesses. Uh, and I can I can relate to that. 100 percent yeah every you know we were one of the bigger uh and here's well, here's I'll one of the it. things that i would say as a small business owner i would love to invest but i i am very particular and uh um frugal to a point where I'm like, I, I'm not sure right now is a good time to invest. And and small business owners probably all kind of similarly have the same thought process, which is, man, do I have the money to invest right now or should I hold on to it and and wait for the economy to be better? You know, and that's, that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, small business owners, are, I, and I'm talking about, you know, not not quite, 
the half million or million dollar mark, they're, they're not thinking a lot about investing in other stuff. They're think, like you said, they're thinking about putting that money back into their company. Um, but, if, yeah. but if the economy was better, they may be a little looser with that money and say, you know, I'd like to invest in this or, or that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a point of the Roth IRA is to attract small business people into the stock market. It's, I just figured that, that why would I invest in someone else's business when I have my own? Yeah, I know, I know my marketing budget, and that it's handled properly. I know my customer service, and it's handled properly. If I, why would I want to go invest in? Uh, I'll, I'll just make up a company, Home Depot. Why would I invest in Home Depot when I can't get customer service, there? or they don't have what I need, or I have to go back three times? Yeah the the proper thing because that one didn't fit right the other one broke and I you know whatever um, I always figured my business was the best best run business that I knew not not saying that it was the best run business ever but it was the best run business that I knew so how how did I know someone else's business was better without becoming sort of an expert in watching their business. And, and I just figured, well, why would I do that if I, if I could spend the time making sure my, my business is run the best that it can? So a, a lot of small business people have the very same attitude. We, we only watch other small businesses or other businesses, period, if there's something we can learn from. Yeah, that. trends. Right? Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what am I, what could I be doing different? What could I be doing better? What is my competition doing that I ought to be doing? That, that sort of thing. Well, when we um, go to, when we go to um, big conventions or, or classes and stuff like that, we always ask, you know, other people, you know, and we exchange ideas and, and, you know, sales tactics and all this other stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, you know, main goal of a small business owner so that you can reach the next level. Yeah. Well, if the problem that we have in our country is that the Democrat party looks at small businesses, though they're an enemy. It, it just shocks me that people haven't caught on to it. But the, the Republican Party is not much better because the, the trend in the last 50 years has been toward bigger is better, the, the concept that it is easier and more efficient to regulate a smaller number of companies and it's easier and better to uh, monitor people's wages and collect revenue through wages rather than it is to have a whole bunch of companies out there and watching over different companies. Uh, you know, it's, it's why we have, you know, or four or five companies in every industry and there aren't a thousand of them 
You know, they, they just try to drive the little guys out of business and then make everyone a, uh, a W2 employee. So, uh, that's one, one area I'll give George Bush some credit is that he did give a crap about small businesses. Um, I don't know that he was very competent in most areas, but he at least did care about small businesses. Um, there's other people though in the Republican party that, oh man, they couldn't care less. I mean, they rolled their eyes at the small business administration. And I'm like, you realize that there's a lot of small businesses who can't get financing without the SBA. It's not a handout program. It it's just highly structured so that it fits for small businesses. But there was a congressman in there in Colorado that went through all kinds of hassle trying to get him pinned down um, to meet with us and the the CDC there, the SBA CDC in Denver uh, at the time was a top 10, uh, a CDC is a certified development corporation or a company. I just caught myself using lingo again. So <laughs> a certified development company is part of the SBA structuring uh, they can actually approve SBA loans without them having to go directly to the SBA. I mean, they have to fit certain criteria and the company has to be very good and everything. But this one was a, a top 10 for many, many, many years. I was on their loan committee. So I was intimately involved with them, understood how they worked and everything. So I finally got a, a meeting put together with this congressman in Colorado and uh, the director of that CDC and myself. And we met at his office there in Lone Tree. And uh, his eyes were glazed over the whole time. I mean, he just had no interest. I mean, or understanding. He had no idea that we did all the things that we did for economic development. He just had this whole idea of, you know, prejudged that, oh, well, it's a government agency and therefore it's not needed and that sort of thing. So, well, I'll stop talking in code as Mike Kaufman, so it was, um, who I think exited Congress um, his next election. Um, but at any rate, we have too many people like that in the Republican Party, too. So that's why I keep saying that this, the problems we have are not limited to one party. Yeah. Um, one party cares more about certain things than another party does. And I, and I find myself siding with both parties on certain things. Um, more Republican than Democrat, but still, um, to be fair. Uh, but with respect to commercial real estate, the the fundamentals to support commercial real estate have not been present for a decade. Um, property taxes, uh, rents, uh, demographics, 
uh, retail buying trends, uh, retail uh, corporation trends, uh, shrinkage, and the internet growth, um, office use. I mean, COVID basically killed office use. Um, I, I, I still am shocked that it hasn't come crashing down. Now, when it comes to residential and apartments, I understand why that has not. It's because it is so heavily supported by government money. Mm -hmm. You would not believe the amount of government money involved in 40-year fixed-rate loans for apartment complexes. It's shocking. Well, and that's probably on purpose, though, right? Well, of course it is, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're trying to create a rental economy so that these people who move around from job to job and everything don't own their own homes. They're renting. It's, it is a renter's world for millennials. Yeah. They are, they are not a buy a home and watch it grow in value as time goes by. They're, they're a rental generation. Uh, and a lot of the fundamentals of commercial real estate have disappeared. And the, the fundamentals of real estate that I learned uh, people don't follow any longer. Mm -hmm. It's very much based on appreciation than income. I mean, there there's a very old traditional formula of mm -hmm. calculating value on commercial real estate, which is you know the the income minus the operating expenses divided by whatever sort of rate of return you were anticipating that would give you whatever your value was. Uh, it was, I always called it ERV, because it's uh, income, uh, rate of return, and value. And I, I just called it that because those are the main terms. And I learned it from Irv Rubin, who was the, uh, at the time, uh, commercial real estate guru in uh, Kansas City. His daughter was married to Tom Watson the golfer, believe it or not. So it gets, yeah, it gets to be a small world after a while. Right. Irv was a brilliant guy. And it's not that he invented this. I just, I learned it from me. So, but that's was traditional. That's how commercial real estate always worked. It always has worked that way until the crash and, or I shouldn't say the crash, but the, the financial meltdown or whatever you want to call it, the lockup of 2008, um, and now with inflation. So people are not valuing based on present income. They're trying to guess what future income is. And they're trying to guess what the value of the dollar is when they're trying to, when they're using a rate of return. They're trying to plug in inflation values as they're doing uh, a market capitalization. So basically, investing in commercial real estate for the last, I say, seven, eight years has looked an awfully lot like investing in the stock market and investing in tech companies. 
is you're basically trying to look at whatever is there and trying to guess what it might be worth later. Because what people are paying has nothing at all to do with the old fundamental uh, calculations. And that's a wonderful time to get yourself into trouble. Uh, unless you just have a tremendously great uh, feel for things. So um, I'm surprised somebody came out and said something that, like that because you know, I, to admit that you don't understand it, even though you're an expert, takes some humble, uh, some humbleness. So, you know, I'm I'm at least humble enough, or maybe not humble, but honest enough to say, I don't, I really don't get it. I understand the dynamics at work, which I explained. But if I had a bunch of money burning a hole in my pocket right now, I would not invest in commercial real estate because I don't understand it right now. I wouldn't understand how much to pay for something. If you don't understand how much to pay for something, then you're no better than someone walking into a car dealership, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, they're wearing a kick me sign or something, <laughs> right. you know, because yeah. you're going to get taken for every dime that they can get out of you. Yeah. You know, so go, go invest in something else. Go, go, you know, build a pot shop or something because, you know, it just, the fundamentals of it don't make any sense to me at all. And, you know, and yet maybe I, I could be completely wrong. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem admitting it if I were, but it's times like this where people who are experts in something uh, don't understand that traditionally that's about when things do come crashing down because no one else understands it either. And they're doing things they shouldn't be doing and they have no under, they, they don't even know enough to know what they screwed up you know what i mean yeah they don't know where their error was you know they're guessing uh so yeah i that's kind of a negative review on commercial real estate but it's i would say that i i would apply those sentiments to a lot of what's going on in the economy it's not just real estate no, but I think, uh, you know, real estate is probably, I mean, if, if real estate tanks, that pretty much affects, I mean, the, the vast majority of how the economy is doing and whether or not we go into another recession. I think even more so, I think, and I could be wrong. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But if the housing market crashes, it doesn't matter what inflation is or, or where it's at or any of that. It's, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, and we already have a, a housing shortage and crisis as it is. You had mentioned you know, millennials not buying homes. They claim that they can't because they don't make a living wage. But it wasn't it wasn't unusual for me to interview uh, millennials and and 
you know, look at a resume or a job application and they had seven jobs in 12 months. So, you know, not only do they not stay in one place for a very long time, but they don't keep a job for very long either. Um, and, and I'm not saying all of them are that way. I mean, but it wasn't unusual for me to see that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they... One of the questions I always asked was, what are your salary expectations? And, it, it, and they were like, eh, you know, $60,000 a year. And I'm like, so what are you making now? And they're like, zero. <laughs> and I'm like, so your, your real number is somewhere between zero and 60000 Because right now you're at zero. I mean, you're not going to just walk into any business with, with, with no experience or... or them not knowing you, and they're going to pay you $60,000 to start. It's just, that's not how the real world world works. I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't even given those, those type of opportunities, even with my business degree and my background. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Um, just to kind so of. So where do you think people are getting the unrealistic salary expectations? Well, I think when they go to college, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and their, their, their initial uh, contact with somebody and they say, oh, I want to be a, you know, an architect or whatever. Oh, that'll make you great money. When you get out, you'll be able to find a job making $100,000 a year or more. I think they're misled um, because... Sure, they may eventually get to that point. Um, but without experience, you're not going to just walk into a company and they offer you $100,000 a year. It's, it's, not, it's not how it works. Um, a family member uh, on my wife's side has a psychology degree. Uh, a PhD in psychology. Oh, Doctor. Yeah, she's she's more of a doctor than Jill Biden will ever be. But she didn't start out making, I mean, she had to have a couple of jobs yeah. out of college, and she had to get experience, even though she had a doctorate. That's how the real world actually works. You don't just walk in and say, oh, I got this great diploma here in my hand. So therefore, I qualify for $100,000 or more a year. That's just not, it's not in the cards. Um, so I think that's kind of where that mentality comes from. They're, you know, they're just misled uh, throughout their whole college experience to believe that once they graduate, they are now eligible to make six figures or more a year. It could be. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly don't know, I, and I don't have an opinion about it. I you know that when I was in college, uh, future salaries wasn't even a part of the discussion. Oh no, you know? they they so that's a big uh, that's a big problem, um, and why a lot of colleges were shut down um, and lost accreditation, their accreditation, and and. Uh, we're forced to close, and uh, a lot of people, there are class action lawsuits against some of these colleges because they misled their students. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they said, oh, you're going to, we're going to have job placement. We're going to, we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, for life, when you graduate from this school, you have these benefits forever. Updated resumes, job placement, uh, make sure that you are eligible for raises and all this other stuff. And when they didn't provide what they promised, they got in trouble for it. And that's oh, just, they yeah, and they should. And that's just a, a, just a small sample of what they got in trouble for. Um, Corinthian colleges out of Arizona that had campuses all over the country uh, are no longer, I don't think they have a single campus open. You wow. Know, they, uh, they were forced to shut down because they, they defrauded their, their students and they gave out bad loans and, and misguided the, uh, the students that applied. And, uh, you know, a lot of them thought they were getting grants and they were signing paperwork. It's kind of like, you know, people blame the housing crash on, on people that signed loans that they didn't know anything about. Well, you know, you probably should, uh, you know, take a better look at what you're putting your signature on. Um, yeah. There is some personal responsibility when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, it, it, this, the pendulum swings both ways. Uh, well, but they I've, were, they I've were, never heard of Corinthian colleges, though. I mean, is that like rich Corinthian leather? Is that <laughs> so? Um, is, was that the University of Phoenix? Is that who owned them? Or yes, they were an offshoot oh. of. Uh, okay. Uh, so Corinthian um, was a for-profit post-secondary education company in North America. Okay. Yeah, they were really big for quite a long time. And then uh, I stopped hearing about them. They had a big, expensive building there in Laundry in Denver. Uh, but, yeah, then I guess they got into trouble. Uh, and they should have. Well, the federal government, um, in 2022... Because of the uh, the amount of fraud that they committed, they um, discharged all the loans that remained for Corinthian colleges. So they didn't even get to collect on the loans because they, once again, they they just defrauded their students. And uh, I mean, and and that's that's a that's an example of where I can see okay. If the government finds colleges that are defrauding their students and lying to them and and coaxing them into you know um, contracts and debt that they they don't understand um, because they weren't explained, this is how this is work. This is what this is about. This is how this works. This is what you're putting your signature on because that's what you have a college of. Uh, a counselor for. You know, you have an economic advisor and you have all these people that help you enroll and, and they go through the process with you. If those people aren't explaining to someone what they're getting into, I can see where uh, the government might say, okay, yeah, because it was a lot of people. 
uh, that this affected. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not uh, advocating for loan forgiveness uh, in any way, shape, or form. But if somebody commits fraud against you, then that's a whole different story. Well, exactly. I think there ought to be the ability to claw back, just like the, you know, if I don't know what the situation was with Phoenix, but if they had, if they were a corporation and had shareholders, and they promised people stuff and they didn't deliver, and they filed bankruptcy, then fine. I think I still think there ought to be an ability to go to the go to them personally. I don't care if it's a corporation, because you know the fraud is just. So here, here are some of the colleges that were associated with them. American Career Institute, Argosy University, the Art Institute, Charlotte School of Law, Colorado Technical University, DeVry, ITT Tech, Kaplan College. I mean, there was a lot of, those are some yeah. recognizable names. Those aren't, yeah, Colorado you know. Tech was one of my... Uh, Tenants in Colorado Springs, they had about, I want to say 50,000, maybe 60,000 square feet. Yeah. And the building that I had. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, they're making promises they can't keep. And, and yet, let's not pretend that that's not going on in the state-owned and operated university systems, too. You oh, know, I've, for we, sure. Yeah, we tend to hear a lot about the private stuff like this, as well as the uh, charter schools and everything. And yet, they're also not graduating people who can't read and write either. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the deflection only goes so far. And then you realize, oh, my God, the public systems is even worse. So much worse. So, you know, we, we have a big problem with, the, with our education system. And instead of taking sides of, you know, one political side or another, how about we take the sides of our country? What is best for our country? And say, if we're graduating kids who can't read and write, or people who are heavily in debt with one set of job expectations and the world is a different way, these people are being miseducated, being maleducated. And that needs to get fixed. Um, whatever needs to get fixed about it needs to need to get on it instead of putting up with the crap. It's like, I keep going back to it for some reason, but the poor guy there in, uh, I guess it was Virginia, that the police beat up because his daughter was raped, you know, at the school board. Yeah. It was at the school board meeting. Yeah. yeah. So the police, the police assaulted him, assault and battery after his daughter's rape at a school board meeting because the school board wouldn't do anything. And they allowed the guy to stay in school and then they allowed him to transfer to a different school. I mean, why do we have the people who speak up and want to change something? Why are they indicted? Why are they prosecuted? I mean, the world's upside down. 
And until we all just say namas, not putting up with this crap anymore, then it'll, it's going to continue. That's just how Marxism works. It's, it's how it's been implemented in every single country. Yeah, um, so here, here's kind of a, a little uh, insight into how big this actually was. Um, there were 560,000 borrow, borrowers that this applied to for a, a total of $5.8 billion. Wow. Now... I don't know how much of that Corinthian had to had to pay. Um, I'm sure they had some sort of. I'm sure they had plenty of assets and and money. Um, because again, this didn't happen until Joe Biden took office. There was Corinthian shut down in 2015, um, and and the the students were promised that because they were defrauded and because they were misled, that they would have their loans discharged. Um, that didn't happen until after Joe Biden became president. Uh, and and it, was a, it happened a lot faster. They said it could be until 2024, until all of it was taken care of. I mean, you know, this isn't... When there's that... At that grand of a scale of people, it's going to take them some time to... To make sure, okay, yeah, this person qualifies, this person doesn't, blah, right. blah, blah. Um, but that's that's pretty big. Yeah, it is. And my hope is that that's not uh, a, a taxpayer, that's not a taxpayer burden. That Corinthian actually, you know, had to sell off stuff and had to forfeit whatever they had in their coffers to the to the government to pay those those loans off. Um, you know that's the big argument with student loan forgiveness is who's going to pay for it. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, and and, and even though students may have been defrauded, uh, it's not it's not up to the general public to have to to bear the the costs of, you know. A college or multiple colleges that I listed off, there's more, uh, that they don't have to foot the bill for it. You know, they, they're the ones that, you know, committed the fraud. So. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we're not a party to the contract. Yeah. I, any more than I mean, we are with, with, you know, millennials and, and, Gen Z, we're, we're not a party to their contracts. I mean, yeah. I don't get to come to Ron and say, Ron, I'd, I'm about to default on my truck payment. Um, I need you to pay it. I, I know you didn't sign anything, but that'd be the moral thing to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of in a nutshell, you know, what they're saying. Well, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that some of these programs, you know, are federally backed programs or the implication is that they're federally backed like like student loan programs right so there's an implication there that uh the government will 
pay off if there's a default. Mm -hmm. But there's all kinds of hoops to jump through too. But I look at it like we still are not a party to that contract. The government may be, but you and I didn't agree to it. We did not acquiesce to government policy just because, uh, you know, we have, we supposedly have a representative democracy, a, uh, constitutional Republic, mm-hmm. but it's dysfunctional. We're not beings We're we do not have real representation. It's all a facade. So I don't think there's a single taxpayer who ought to be uh, buying into this whole representative democracy and we're on the hook for whatever gets done because we we allow the uh, politicians to make decisions because we don't we don't actually get to remove them from office by voting. They have the system so game it's impossible to get rid of them. So I really do think that we all have a, a good case for saying, nope, we did not acquiesce to all of this. Here's a list of the things going on that we never agreed to, and we are not going to pay for them. National debt is a big piece of that. And that's been building up for a hundred years. And, and how things have been abused in our uh, federal reserve system uh, has been done the same way. People have no idea how the federal reserve works. They have no idea that that's a private corporation. That, you know, the presidents get blamed for, uh, what happens in the economy and, and interest rates going up or down or what have you. Well, sorry, but president has no input and to interest rate decisions. I mean, no, none at all. Neither does Congress. So there is a, uh, a constitutional, uh, case that Congress is empowered to coin money, but they're not coining money. Under the Federal Reserve System, Congress is not coining money. They cannot, they cannot do anything about interest rates either. They cannot do anything about the volume of money in the market. So the excess of money in the market that we have now that's brought about inflation is something that the government has not done. That's all been done by the Federal Reserve. So why is it that us taxpayers uh, get to pay off that debt? Because they have financially mismanaged it all, even though it's not being handled constitutional. Yeah. Well, um, has someone sat around long enough to even think about what I just said to realize that, oh, wow, what we've been arguing about politically is actually something that we all ought to just throw our hands in the air and say, sounds like you all have a personal problem. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go coin our own money and good luck working this out because we have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the hell people, 
why are we all at each other's throats over stuff that we had nothing to do with? Yeah, that's a great question because I've always asked similar questions on this show. Regardless of party, why doesn't pe- why don't people see through the the BS that that comes across televisions and social media and these people uh, that are like you said are supposed to be representing us and they're they're truly not and and have a fit about it. I mean, so I seen another interview the other day with James Comer, who's the committee chair on the House Judiciary, right? And the person interviewing him is pressing him. You know, why haven't we seen any movement on any of these people who who we know have done something wrong and not necessarily committed a crime, but some of them have? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go back to the days of Trump with Jim Comey and Hillary Clinton. Um, You have questionable uh, dealings with Merrick Garland and Mayorkas and even Christopher Wray, the rank and file of the FBI. And he's he's talking to him and he said, "We've, we've just seen a president indicted for the fourth time. We have yet to see anyone involved in any of these other criminal activities, even harshly questioned, let alone, you know, uh, referred to the DOJ for criminal prosecution. What's going on? Well, we have to make sure we, we have all the evidence in line and, 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 and we're doing this the right way. We're going to make sure that they can be tried in a court of law not just public opinion and not just, you know, in a committee hearing. Well, I get mm-hmm. it. I understand that. Um, but isn't that what they did with Trump? Mm-hmm. The, the exact same thing. There's no difference here. And I think there are starting to be some people that are getting extremely frustrated and pissed off that we know, we now know, as of today, that uh, Joe Biden uh, was using um, pseudonyms. I don't know if you've heard that story. No, I haven't. So (laughs) he used fake names as the vice president. Um, So James Comer... uh, has requested the National Archives to to present him with unredacted records featuring pseudonyms President Joe Biden allegedly used during his time as vice president. Uh, And these were emails between these oligarchs in Russia and Ukraine and the business people in Ukraine and the communists in China. And he used several different pseudonyms, one being, um, and somebody, Robert L. Peters. And somebody said something about Robert Peters, that that was odd. I don't know if you've heard of somebody that's named Robert Peters, or, or, but they were like, 
Why Robert Peters? As if that was associated with somebody that had that same name. But anyway. Um, We've heard of Salt Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Cranium. Uh, <laughs> uh But there are other names that he's supposedly used. And I'll be curious to see if they're willing to turn over those documents that are not classified anymore or, or shouldn't be, uh, and if they are unredacted. Because it's an investigation. And, yeah. and 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 the House of Representatives have has subpoena power. They do, yeah. So if they subpoena those records uh, and they request them as unredacted, if as long as there's no, I guess, confidential or you know anything threatening national security, why would they redact them? Unless there's a cover up. But the point is, is that. Nobody's doing anything on the right. No. I mean, they were... On, the right's on television. Kind of jokingly saying, what do you think Trump's... Uh, there are betting odds in Vegas on what Trump's going to look like when he gets his mugshot taken. Because they're going to do that in Georgia. They haven't done that in the other cases. But they are going to cuff him. And they are going to take a mugshot. And they're like, oh, it'd be great if he put his MAGA hat on. Ha 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 ha. Seriously, this is not a fucking joking matter. Uh, you know, we're, for the first time in our history, ever, a former president has been indicted. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four. And there is yeah. supposedly another one coming from Jack Smith. Or two. They think there's at least one more, if not two. Now, whether you like it or not, this, this is not a good time for this country. Um, and I don't think anybody should be laughing about it. Because I'm telling you, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, that if that man is found guilty and convicted and they try to take him to prison, that's probably not a good day for this country, even more so. Yeah, I, I can't believe it would even take that much for people to rebel. I mean, most folks I know, they're ready now. In fact, they've been ready for a year or two. Um, you know, I don't, I can't say anything about the rest of the country, but people I know, my circle here, as well as in other states, uh, they're ready. They've been ready. I'm sorry, go ahead. Was that a, the alien chick? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, queuing, um, I'm queuing up a video here. Oh. 
the uh, well, basically the January sixth end of it. You know, I think I told you before you even went there that if if there were plans to be have an armed insurrection mm-hmm. or to go there armed and have millions of people there ready to just take over the city, then I'm fine with that. I would have been, I would have gladly taken part. If you're just going to go and protest, fine, whatever. It's not going to do any good. You know, I'm beyond the point of being heard. I'm at the point of rectifying things. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in discussing the election. I'm interested in fixing it and auditing what has happened before and make sure we have auditable elections going forward. I'm not interested in arguing over who was right, who was wrong, whether or not there was fraud that was widespread. I'm interested in, in getting it all solved. Um, not interested in protesting unless it involves taking over a building or a city or a whatever. I mean, no one cares anymore unless you're willing to go beyond the pale. You know, the the left is fine with people burning things down, but the right, they just sit around and make jokes about, oh, you think the, you know, he'll wear his, his MAGA hat? You know, well, that's bullshit. So I I just can't believe people would be willing to sit still. Well, and for what that for him being uh, booked, handcuffed, mugshot in in the, one of the most corrupt cities in the country where they can't uh, the murder rate there is. is damn near as bad as anywhere else you know yeah if not Um, Mm -hmm. well yeah i think there's like a murder a day i think that what is what i saw um and yet you know they can't prove that what happened with the election there was accurate was was proper they cannot prove that they conducted an accurate election so yeah, no, and, it, they, and and even the state legislature got together and said, we need to look into this because they had all these people, you know, file these affidavits and all these people come forward and say, hey, I was present when this happened. I saw this happen. Uh, you know, they, they blew all that stuff off. Just like the courts did. Yeah. So. Instead, they have this big fanny or big ass or big ass fanny or whatever her name is. Who's the prostituter? <laughs> Another Soros prostituter. Yeah. And, you know, they're just power hungry. They're obviously not good prosecutors because look at the crime rates in those cities and what little is done to put the people behind well, this. This particular bar. person is not, uh, has not spent any time on any other case. This is it. This is all she has spent her time on. She could care less about the murder rate in, in the city that she re- supposedly, you know, represents or whatever, or, or is is elected to 
oversee when it comes to prosecuting criminals and whatnot. She has been solely focused and ran her campaign on I will get Trump. Uh, which th this lawsuit shouldn't have been allowed to go forward anyway because they're alleging he committed federal crimes. You can't try a federal, federal case at a state level. So um, Mark Meadows, who is also indicted, is already petitioning for that to be moved to a federal court. Now, whether it's in Atlanta or not, that's, that's not the point. But allowing the president, the, the ex-president of the United States to be arrested by a state, by state police for a federal crime, I don't understand that. And I don't understand how a state court's going to try a federal crime. So yeah, I don't think, I don't see how they have jurisdiction. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't get how this process is playing out. But here I'll, I'll piss you off a little bit today, Ron. I mean, they won't if they won't let Texas enforce immigration law. Well, that's the thing, right? And here we go with the the screwed up criminal justice system we have. And, and the laws that, that we supposedly have, they're, they're abusing every single law that they can get their measly freaking hands on just to try to prevent a guy from running for president. And, and you know, for six years they've talked about how he, he colluded with Russia and others, China, now China, and, you know, pretty much colluded with Ukraine to interfere in an election. If this isn't the most outright, blatant inter election interference, I don't know what the hell that even means. Because this is all political. Mm -hmm. Most of these charges would never even make it to trial. I watched a, a, a documentary about uh, steroids in sports. And uh, the IRS agent who brought the original charges played basketball in college. And he said, halfway through, I decided I'm not material for the NBA. And I saw an ad and it said, become an, account become an, become an accountant with a gun. <laughs> And he's like, oh, that sounds like the job for me. And, and he was a criminal investigate. He worked in the criminal investigation division of the IRS. And that's what he said. I was an accountant with a gun. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And you see something like that. When you have these conversations like we have, it's like, man, that's exactly what we're talking about. That is what we're talking about. That's what these people see themselves as. Yeah. Law enforcement and, a, and an accountant with a gun that gives me authority over people. The hell it does. The hell it does. I don't have any authority over anyone just because I carry a gun. I mean, your job title doesn't give you special privileges and authority. You know, we, 
if nobody's above the law, then nobody's above the law. doesn't matter who mm -hmm. you are or what your title is. Yeah, they just don't mean that. No, it's all BS that, that again, yeah. I don't understand why people aren't just up in arms in this country about it doesn't matter. I don't care who it is. How, how, how they come out and say, the Democrats, oh, well, we've heard for months, you know, Chuck Richard Cranium, Cranium Schumer comes out and says, we've heard all this for months uh, about Joe Biden did this and Hunter Biden did that, and they have no evidence that any of that's happened. It's all been looked into, and it's all been debunked. Looked into by who? Oh, oh, well, CBS News looked into it and CNN. And I'm like, wait a minute. When did they become law enforcement officials? Now, I get investigative reporting, and we've talked about that. But since when does the DOJ or the FBI or any law enforcement agency take the word of a freaking news group, a news organization? Oh, we've looked into it and found nothing. <laughs> really? The only yeah. people that are saying that are those people on those mass media channels. And the Democrats. Nobody else is saying that because they haven't looked into it. They don't want to. Yeah. Because as, as, as you have pointed out, the whole Russia collusion thing, that was, that was created out of going after Joe Biden and preventing him from running for president in 2016. What? And speaking, and speaking of, I'll piss you off today because these are two of your favorite people. You ready? This thinking, <laughs> watching things unfold in Georgia. She is the former Democratic presidential nominee, U.S. Senator from New York and Secretary of State. I should tell you, she has a new essay out in The Atlantic on the well-being of Americans and our democracy. It's called The Weaponization of Loneliness. Madam Secretary, fancy meeting you oh, here. Oh, I really can't nice believe this. <laughs> yeah, this is not the circumstances in which I expected to be talking to you. Nor me, Rachel. It's always good to talk to you, but honestly, um, I didn't think that it would be under these circumstances. Yet another set of indictments. This is something, um, this is becoming like a skill set. Like in yeah. the news business, you say like, oh, I've covered Olympics or yeah. I've covered a campaign. Now it's, you know, those of us who've covered four indictments. Um, I don't know if four is it. We don't know if Donald Trump is among those indicted this mm -hmm. evening, but all expectations are that he will be. Do you feel satisfaction in that you warned the country essentially that he was going to try to end democracy but the most of the country didn't <laughs> believe it well it's hard to believe i, I don't feel any satisfaction i feel great uh you know just just great profound sadness that uh, we have a former president who has been indicted uh, for so many uh charges that went right to the heart of whether or not our democracy would survive and we don't know yet what the charges coming out of Georgia are, but if you stop and think about what the public evidence is, and you've been talking about some of that for the last hour, uh, he set out to defraud the United States of America and uh, the citizens uh, of our nation. Oh, my God. How? How was he going to defraud? How was he going to defraud 
our government and the citizens of the nation. Well, and they're saying that with no proof. Well, yeah, but uh, but so I in this country, even, in this country, but, but what on earth is she even talking about? Alleging that he was trying to defraud anybody. Well, I, I'm assuming, because uh, this goes on and I uh, for a couple more minutes, and I don't really want to play all of it. But I'm going oh, to... Oh, I have no desire to hear that yeah, lunatic no. say it. Well, no, and I told you it'd piss you off because it pissed me off. But but I think what she's getting at is that it, him trying to have Mike Pence uh, send the electorates, the uh, electoral votes back to the states... Oh. That that he was trying to, you know, delegitimize a the most secure election in in our history. Isn't that funny that 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 particular election, that single election, was the most secure ever, mm-hmm. ever. The only one. Are, that they are you have trying actually, to? They actually have video of it not being secure well do they and yet supposedly it's the most secure so well why God, isn't can somebody... you imagine how bad the other ones have been well that's what i was getting ready to say why hasn't somebody then said well okay if that was the most secure election in our history what about the other elections that we have are you saying they weren't yeah because they should all be the most secure election in, our, in history if that's how our election system is set up and and operates right they should all be the most secure yeah, but you're cherry picking this particular one because it fits your narrative of he tried to end democracy as we know it. How? Yeah, by giving sure. a speech? Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, Donald Trump didn't didn't walk off stage with a Uzi in his fucking hand and and run towards the Capitol and go, "I'm taking over to Congress." <laughs> that yeah. that would be that would be insurrection that would be trying to to bully and intimidate and scare people into uh you know not counting votes did he say anything about i i may have missed it if he said it but did he say anything about uh thinking a lot lately about blowing up <laughs> um the House of Representatives? I mean... Or the, or the Senate? Did he say no. anything about blowing up the... Ca- oh, he didn't. Oh. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, and, and they... And they, a- and they, yeah. they conveniently omit the part where he said, hey, we're going we're gonna to peacefully go... I want you to peacefully go and make your voices heard. You know, yeah. and, and that's not... that That's inciting violence? Listen... If you have a speech and you rile up some idiots, and, and, and I'm just saying this hypothetically, because we don't know that Trump's speech riled anybody up. There is question about that. There, yeah, there are allegations. Saw, it did not. Yeah, there are allegations of uh, plants in the crowd, people that were there to instigate other people. And let me assure you, if you go if you go look at some of the riots that t- took place for the better part of a, a year, um, there are some people that are walking down the street doing nothing, and then all of a sudden they see somebody next to them start throwing shit. Well, they start throwing shit because they think it's cool. It's the right thing to do. Well, they're doing it. Why not me? Yeah, people want to fit in. Yeah, they want to be part of the, you know, 
the ruckus, right? Well, those are the, those are the type of people that they're kind of a, a diamond in the rough because most people don't act that way. Those are, those are the criminals. Those are the thugs. Those are the idiots that don't have to go to work every day and, and don't have any responsibilities. So they, they could care less. That's what they're used to doing. Um, but they conveniently leave all these things out. And, and, and those who, who are partisan and those who don't want to hear a differing opinion or, or some legitimate facts, that's all they hear day in and day out, nonstop. And they, they begin to believe it. Yeah. That's the gospel. And, and nobody can convince me of anything different because I have learned to hate the man. And because I hate him, this conversation is over. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. And yet, yeah, I just, um, yeah, there's, uh, the, the country is not healthy at all. And I, I think that sitting around on their hands yapping about it instead of doing something is not making it any healthier that's the that's the work of psychologists at work where you sit around and talk about tell tell me about your feelings you know let's all talk about our feelings instead of making people make the election sick you know let's let's not fix the problem let's sit around and talk about it instead so, uh, well, I, I saw another thing happen. the other day that uh, I can't remember where it's at. It's in a blue state. I think it's um, probably up north somewhere uh, where the citizens are, are asked to subsidize college tuition for illegal immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. And they're implementing that. I mean, it's it's not like... The people have a, any kind of choice in the matter. They're going to pass a law that says that, that that's going to take place. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this happening? How, how have we gotten to the point where the government mandates everything? Like there is no, let's go back to our, our constituency and, and see what they have to say about this. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying representative government is dead. And, and everything's a mandate now. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think part of that is to blame on COVID because they got away with all these goofy-ass mandates. Well, it was already there. COVID was all about pushing the boundary. That was a, basically a Hegelian experiment. Mm -hmm. They had no idea they would be so successful with it because people went along like sheep. So, you know, the, the Marxists have the country. I mean, anyone who wants to sit around and argue about that is just um, full of it. 
I mean, either are for it. I mean, if you want to have them, if you want to live in a Marxist country, then you really don't need to do anything else. We already are there. I mean, if you want to fight it, then fight it. But sitting around and talking about it isn't going to change it. You know, that that just makes people feel better for a little bit or angrier. So, you know, we either are pissed off enough to do something about it or we're not. I'm, I, I just don't know what else to say or, you know, it, it the, it's like the folks who I think need to understand it the most just don't seem to care. They don't care about their freedom. You know, they they want stuff. Yeah, they want things. Um, and. It, you know, it's an immature thing. It, it, it's like a kid who is not given things. They have to mow the lawn for their allowance. You know, they have to do something. Um, things aren't given to them freely. Uh, a sense of earning things. And what kid is going to say, yeah, I don't mind painting houses for the summer so that I... Uh, you know, don't have to pay my car insurance when I start driving. I don't mind that. They're all going to say, oh, no, Johnny, Johnny doesn't have to do that. Why should I? Johnny's parents pay for his car insurance and, and he doesn't have to do anything. He's at the pool all summer long. You know, well, what kid isn't going to want, want Johnny's life, you know? Yeah. Until, you know, Johnny grows up and doesn't have a job and, you know, can't feed his family. And the little kid that had to paint houses all summer became a contractor and pays all of his bills. And, and now uh, Johnny wants uh, you to pay for his kid's college. Oh, uh, I don't think so. So, you know, all I'm saying is people don't understand. People do not appreciate what you have to do to become successful uh, until later in life. There's just some things that you have to do whether you like them or not. And paying your own bills, like, you know, paying your own college is, is part of it. Even part of your own college. I mean, I had to pay for part of mine. My parents paid for part of mine. I also had to work and pay for part of mine. My college degree cost me a total, a total of $8,000. I mean, there's no way to go to college for $8,000 now. But that was the 70s. So, you know, and right at a time when inflation was i mean interest rates went up to 18 percent uh at the time i was got out of college so i graduated college when interest rates were 18 percent and uh unemployment was i want to say somewhere around 12 13. wonderful time to graduate college 
Um, <laughs> and now people complain because, I don't know, interest rates are 7 or 6% or whatever. Uh, I think they're 7.25 currently. Yeah. And unemployment supposedly is, what, 8 8% or something No, like I think they're saying it's 3.6% or something like that. I mean, I, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. There's yeah, no well, way. so I, I truly believe that our government is so corrupt. And I mean in its entirety. That we're not hearing the real unemployment numbers. We're not hearing the real... Uh, inflation numbers we're not none of that stuff is is accurate and and there's a whole lot of people in on it um because if you were to go into i don't know the local grocery store or just just sit at a gas station all day and you were to walk up to people say and, and ask them hey are, are you okay with the prices here are you okay with, you know, uh, the way the economy is, with the price of groceries? I bet you 9 out of 10 are going to say no. And, and then go as far as to ask them, how many jobs do you have? I think, yeah. I think you would be shocked by the, uh, the responses that you would get if you are paying attention to the mass media. And to our government, I think that you would find the exact opposite to be true, which is that our economy is not great. People are, are probably either unemployed or they're working two or three jobs. Uh, and, and they can't afford to put food on their table. So yeah, I keep forgetting about people working two jobs. Yeah, there's a lot. They of are having to work two jobs to to make enough money. Um, that's a big piece of it too. I mean, that's. I, I don't know. I do not have an opinion on what you're saying about the numbers being wrong. Um, I believe it's possible that you're right. I, I just don't. I don't know that you're right. I mean, we're, I, don't but we're, I don't know that you're wrong either. But I do know in, that those numbers get fudged a lot. Yeah. But they usually catch up next quarter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But there's been an awful lot of stuff that hasn't been caught up, you know? Um, like they're not, a, they're not making the adjustments that they usually make a quarter later, up or down. So, you know, you could be right. I, I would not be surprised. I mean, that that's a big trademark of uh, Marxist governments is that they just plain put out uh, stuff that is not true. Uh, I mean, look at the Soviet Union and how they operated for so long. The same for China. I mean, they're, they still work that way, obviously. So, you know, I wouldn't doubt that our government has done that with... Uh, with labor statistics i don't doubt it i don't doubt that the federal reserve has been doing that too um and again i'm i'm harping on this point today because i was working on it this morning because i'm i'm trying to put together 
something simple that people can understand on the Great Depression and some of the changes the Federal Reserve made in the 20s. Because there's always the finger pointing about, oh, well, Hoover, you know, he did this or so-and-so, they did that. It's a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. I'm like, you need to understand the Federal Reserve caused the Great Depression. And that's a private corporation. Yes. You know, a politician did not cause the Great Depression. Um, I mean, there were things done that made things worse, made things better, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of these machinations we're seeing now with with government trying to do this, that, or the other thing, oh, well, we'll help here. We'll intervene there. We'll do this here. We'll do that there. A lot of the Great Depression happening and then getting worse was because they were kind of like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain where they were pulling this gear and then that gear and then this gear and that gear. And they just wouldn't stop screwing around. Um, that was a private corporation. Though. The Federal Reserve is owned by shareholders. The, the United States government does not own or control the Federal Reserve. Right. So people need to realize that and stop talking about, well, Trump did this and Biden did that and Obama did this and Bush did that because that's all basically been a handful of Federal Reserve chairman over the last 50 years, and especially the last 40 years, mainly Alan Greenspan, uh, Volcker, Bernanke, and Janet Crapperhead Yellman. I mean, what a dumb shit. I mean, how could anyone be that stupid? Did you hear and, what? And yet, and yet, the guy we have now is even dumber than she is. Well, did you hear what she did when she went to China? You know, she just, she just made a no. recent, she made a recent visit to China, and they have her on, uh, on video, and <laughs> they kind of did a, a a little reminiscent take on when Obama went to Saudi Arabia and bowed to the the prince and all that crap, or the king whatever the hell they have over there and she's bowing to someone like numerous times like not once twice but three times and she, she you know she's awkwardly she just looks kind of awkward doing it she's just do, you know bobbing her head up and down like you know three or four times but she <laughs> she's doing an interview when she gets back and she's making a joke about she went to dinner one night and uh, had a mushroom dish, and they were they were psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> and she posts the video, or somebody posts the video on Twitter, and and they're like, "This is kind of concerning, because that's that's what communists use to extract information from people." But yet you, and she's like, "Well, I was told." I was told that uh, if it, it's cooked correctly, that it takes all those, you know, elements out. But she had like 
four portions of them because <laughs> they were so good. And I'm like, you had four portions of them because your ass was tripping all over the place. Yeah. And <laughs> just stupid. Our, our government officials are just so dumb. She is dumber than a boxer. You're going to go to a foreign country, a communist country, and not know what the hell you're eating? I mean, she's got to have some sort of security detail, and they've got to be able to tell. I mean, you're not just going to eat something that someone just shoves in front of you without knowing what it is. I'm not buying that crap. I'll be damned if I'm going to go somewhere that I don't know about. And, and is hostile towards our country. And I'm just going to, yeah, I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. Thank you. Hope it's not poisoned. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. What? She's such a fool. <laughs> the guy that, what's, the, what's the clown's name who's in there now? Um, I mean, oh, what's, what's the chairman of the Oh, I thought you were talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> No, no, Baldy Biden's a pervo. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, what is that guy's name? I don't know why I can't remember. What who is he? Um, the chairman of the Fed right now who replaced Yellen. Um Oh, uh God dang it. I'm the same way I know exactly what his name is. Um let me just look it up because I it, I'm not gonna be able to remember it. He's, I didn't think it was possible, but he's even dumber than she is. Jerome Powell. But again, Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell. Yeah. So people are under this uh, false impression that just because. There are uh, so many is, idiots in that administration, it's hard to remember all their names. It's hard to keep track yeah. of them. Um, there's, uh, it, it's just that the people are under the impression that. You know, a president nominates members of the Federal Reserve Board, and they have to be approved by Congress. Well, yeah, that's that's just that was the the dirty deal that the only way Congress would approve of the Federal Reserve System was if there was some sort of political involvement in it. So. Yeah, they get to uh, vote on the directors, essentially, of the board. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, they can call him in there or whatever, but it's a private company. If he wants to uh, do what Greenspan did and take rates to 18% tomorrow, he can. He doesn't have to account to anyone for it. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and if it costs, uh, I don't know, three million jobs and uh, all those people go on unemployment, uh, Federal Reserve doesn't have to pick up the tab for those costs. They don't have to pick up the tab for retraining those people if they need to go into a different industry. Uh, They don't pay for counseling or whatever if those people become alcoholics or drug addicts. What is the general purpose of the Fed? Well, it, it's the, the the general purpose is to have a stable money supply. That's, and 
That's they serve as it. the yeah they they serve as the lender of last resort to the banks in the Federal Reserve System. So that you know if you I you and I own a bank and we need so they're to, no different than a U.S. Mint. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, it's just that they get access to the nation's assets, if you will. Yeah. Gold, mm -hmm. you know. Um, they have a, a lot of power and almost no accountability. Yeah, no, I've and heard Rand Paul they, for years. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a, it's so complicated. But, but how, it's a simple, so if, the Federal Reserve is a central bank. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's the national bank. And then there are these various, uh, federal districts where you have like the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, mm -hmm. of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's, well, there's one in Richmond. I think there's one in Atlanta too. Uh, New York is the most powerful. Um, you know, uh, San Francisco. You know, there's, uh, there were originally 12. I think there's 13 now. Um, but basically, if you and I own a bank in uh, St. Louis, and you know we need we're we're short on funds, you know, um, we've got five people coming in tomorrow, and they all want to withdraw a million dollars from their checking accounts, and we don't normally keep that much cash in the bank. We keep our cash on deposit with the Fed in uh, St. Louis, so. Uh, we can either withdraw those funds or we can borrow them overnight for, you know, let's say $5 million, five people, a million dollars each. And then they will provide us that cash so that we can give it to those people when they withdraw the money from their accounts. And it costs us whatever the overnight lending rate is between the Fed and our bank. You know, right now, I think that's three and a quarter, I don't remember. Um, but at any rate, that's, that's basically, they, they function to keep liquidity in the system, uh, to have a stable money supply. Um, but they serve as the nation's bank or nation's banking system. So, uh, there's, there, it used to be that all the countries in Europe had their own central bank. Now they've gone to a Euro bank. Um, but a lot of the shareholders in the Federal Reserve also own the shares in the Euro bank, mm -hmm. as well as like the Turkish central bank. You know, uh, and various other countries too. Basically, you know that that's that's disturbing because it gives a lot of different places to uh, shift money around. You better believe it does. And you basically have the same people involved in all the different central banks. Um, you know, you ever, it seems like everyone who knows anything about central banking knows the Rothschild name. Oh, yeah. But there's more than that. I mean, the Rockefellers are pretty big mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're... 
they're not loyal to a country, even though the isn't the royal region, family somehow involved in the uh, in that. There's some of them involved. Scheme and, of people, yeah, yeah. Of course, the royal family, the Windsors, are actually German. Um, it, it's just that. I don't know. I, I don't know why people aren't interested enough in history to learn about that stuff because it is so screwed up and so not in favor of the common person. And yet, I don't know. It's like people don't care. Yeah. Or were they? Or there's an attitude of, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So well, we I'll could be wrong. Home about that well i would now, love i have to, to i have to that. be i have to be skeptical because this comes out of um the university of chicago well that used to be the best economics department in the country yeah so uh there was a, a, a professor from the university of chicago who went on face the nation and and uh, this is disturbing, but but he did a uh, he's done a uh, he's been involved in um, researching American politics and violence and and uh, you know particular parties and and just you know doing political research and uh so this particular survey that he did was uh started just after january 6th and he says what we're seeing uh is the country as a whole on the edges but it's now moving into the mainstream is becoming much more angry, much more radicalized. It's a it's a pretty strong word to be using. And he said, "This Especially is definitely the word radicalized." Yeah, well, that's uh, so. I got I I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. And he said, "This is particularly happening just in the last three months because of the Trump indictments." Uh, this study is not from the perspective of, of a political post, pollster who's ahead in, in, in a political horse race, but from 30 years of experience in studying p political violence. Biggest picture to take away from the survey of our dangerous democracy tracker is that political support for political violence is now breaching into the mainstream. So his study finds that 30 million people, according to his numbers, think the use of force is justified to prevent Donald Trump from being president. Eighteen million think it's justified to restore Trump to the presidency. So I think with what what they're trying to say here. And, and and maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. 
But to use the word radicalized is the same thing that they used when ISIS was uh, recruiting people. Yeah. Uh, could they be trying to indict President Trump on terrorism because he radicalized people to storm the Capitol and, and carry out violent acts? I mean, at this point, <laughs> why not? You're, you're charging him with everything you can come up with. And using the word radicalized, people are being radicalized. Uh, is is kind of a hint that that's what they think he's done to people who voted for him. He radicalized 75 million people in this country, 30 million of which, or, or 18 million, uh, think it's justified to restore, that violence is justified to restore him as the president. Well, I'd sure love to see him at work. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where are they? At? I, I, where are they? I'm at? Not, I'd love. I love to see things that are supposedly factual that um, I don't think are. That's why I say I'd love to see it because I don't believe it. So I, I'd love to see someone prove me wrong. I say that a lot. I, you know, I, I think I'm. I'm right about a lot of stuff. And yet if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm glad to admit it. I just want someone to prove me wrong. I don't think there are 18 million people willing to pick, pick up arms and go to war over freedom. Uh, I just don't. But if there really are 18 million people out there who feel that strongly, I would love to see them because I'd love to be proven wrong. Now, I'm not saying I'd love to see them committing violence, but by golly, we saw a whole lot of people committing violence over the course of a, of a summer that the, I don't recall any leftists out there. Radi you know, the left loves the word radical because the, in the 60s and 70s, they always thought that was a cool term. Right. Yeah, I'm a radical. What's wrong with being a radical? Mm. Even... Saul Alinsky had his rules for radical, right? Yeah. So, you know, they think it's cool. Um, it's just that terrorism came along and all of a sudden it kind of got a, a lousy name. But leftists still think the term radical is a good thing. So why would it be a bad thing if, you know, Trump's a radical? If, if it's cool to be a radical, why aren't you and I radicals? How about we become radicals? I'm... How about we become radically free? Yeah, right. You know, radically free and I've become uh, radically so, liberal. I've, I've become so numb to the labels. You know, we talked about this last episode where I, I, I don't love Trump. And, and I'm not so weak-minded that he can radicalize me. Like, if he came out on TV tomorrow and said, everybody, grab your weapons and, and head... You know, to so-and-so. Listen here, dumbass. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm not willing to jeopardize my life and, you know, anything, my family, none of that, for anyone. Whether it be Donald Trump or you, for that matter. I'm just not doing that shit. Now... If it, had, well, if it came well, down... I but, need to make a note to call my attorney about my will... <laughs> 
But if it came down to protecting myself, that's something completely different. I'm not radical in that sense. I'm just I'm just gonna shoot you if you come at me and, and threaten my life. I'm or or any one of my kids or my wife or whatever. Anyone in my family. Some of my close friends. I'm I'm gonna defend them. So that's not being radical either. That's just defending yourself. But change change <laughs> will and power the tyranny. Okay. Go ahead. Oh God. So, but do you see what I'm saying? I, I'm not. I'm not saying people can't be radicalized, but you got to be pretty weak-minded. It's kind of like we talked about being hypnotized, right? Well, you have yeah, to be I'm susceptible to that. Kind of just you don't really know. You know, what you're doing isn't really of your own mind, right? And, exactly. Yeah, and and that whatever it is is not is not true. Uh, it's like these, uh, I don't know, there's these do-gooders, I guess, who are trying to convince these, uh, ISIS people that, uh, you know, that having women not be able to read and write and vote and go around in public the way men are is not consistent with the teachings of Islam. This is some this is some effort going on over in the Middle East with respect to these various mullahs, you know. Now, I didn't hear all of the conversation, but I heard an, that much of it tells me that okay, somebody's living in a dream world. I don't know what they're smoking, but you know these guys are not going to change their mind because somebody at some college decided that you know let's sit down and reason with these mullahs about. You know, women having a, a, an equal place at the table in society, because they're just not going to do that. You know, um, it doesn't matter if it's consistent with what the teachings of Islam or not, because they don't honestly. They don't care about the teachings of Islam. They care about being in power, and they're using Islam as. Uh, their excuse because they're an expert in in that doctrine that's my opinion that's not someone else's opinion that's mine they're misusing islam just like there are preachers who are christian preachers misuse the bible they're they're blasphemous is what i'm saying well, not only that, there's some just crazy, straight-up crazy-ass people out there. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, they're, the, not, they're not teaching what uh, Muhammad was teaching. But let's face it, Muhammad was not... Anyway, I better not get too far down that road. <laughs> um, so, what... What's really behind this stuff of labeling uh, Trump, right-wingers, conservative, whatever, as radicals is that, you know, you've, you've heard it yourself from, from Baldy Biden's fervo, uh, is you don't need your freedom. Freedom has limits, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. that, 
what they're doing is belittling anyone who thinks that their freedoms, their rights under the Bill of Rights, uh, can't be tread upon every now and then. And that, oh, you just need to give, a, you need to give in occasionally. You need to let us have our way. You need to be reasonable. You need to have reasonable gun control. Mm -hmm. You need to have reasonable this, that, or some other thing. And if you're not willing to go along with that, well, then you're not part of mainstream America. You've been radicalized. And the one who's the most guilty of that now is Trump. That, that's where they're really coming from with this radical stuff. But I look at things like, what's wrong with being a radical? You know, if, if I'm for freedom and uh, freedom, some radical concept, fine, call me a radical. Um, I'm, I'm all for it because I don't care if we violently disagree on stuff. You're free to have your views and I'm free to have mine. And every now and then we're going to agree. And uh, let's not be worrying about the times that we disagree, because frankly, there's there's just not that much in life to be worried about. But we, what you need to worry about is the times where things are challenging, they're not going as normal. And a little bit of what I think combined with a little bit of what you think and a little bit of what someone else thinks is actually the mixture that we need to solve the problem. And that was all missing during COVID. No one was thinking. We all said, oh, not we all, but the whole deal was, oh, these experts, these medical experts, they know what they're doing. They're a little confused here and there, but, you know, we need to listen to what they say. We need to do what they say to do. Don't, don't be thinking anything on your own. Go ahead and wear seven or eight masks and, you know, no, I'm going to be radical. I'm not going to wear a mask. Screw you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a radical. Oh, yeah. I'm not willing to. Oh, I'm. A, I must be one of those mega maga people. Yeah. Well, that's the box they're trying to put us all in. So I just not will not take them seriously. No, but I'll tell you what. I I think, I think that they are pushing it as far as they can because they want something to happen. Like they they're they're itching for for something someone on the right to do something radical. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh I get it. That that's part of the Hegelian dialectic at work too. Is mm -hmm. that you push until you can't push it any further. And you find out what that limit is, and then you try to push beyond that next time. That's always how that has worked. But I also get that that there's more to it. They want to try to have something happen to where they can say, "See, we yeah. told yeah. you these people were violent." That's really Absolutely. what the oh, yeah. that's really what the whole uh, January Fourteenth thing. Or well, I mean, you can see that with the uh, with the. Uh... You know, putting up the, the the fences around the Capitol again, and then there, you know, all the security there, there they had 
to announce an indictment. Precisely. <laughs> like you, yeah. you would think the president, the, the current president, was actually coming into, you know, that area because they had, you know, gated off and, and you know, roads closed all for to announce an indictment? Really? Yeah. See, I think that... Because they, they, they are hoping that someone does something. Now, there has been some people that have been arrested for making threats against judges in these cases, and, uh, you know, some threats were made against the, uh, the grand jury, uh, death threats on them. But you're, but you're egging them on by doing all this bullshit that you know is bullshit. You want did them... You, you want yeah, them did to you hear that they actually found a 75-year-old guy who could hardly even exactly, walk without a yeah. game? Yeah, and and they actually murdered him. I mean, um, who knew? Yeah, they they were actually looking for that opportunity because they want to shut everyone down. Well, and you and I have discussed what's what's the button. You know what's the what's the the final straw. And I think that we're in the midst of it right now. Well, I don't doubt it. I think I mean, that uh, well, I think that the point, uh, final point on this survey, is that I think this guy is way underestimating uh, on both sides the people that are willing to use force either way. You know, I, I've mentioned it. I I don't think that the left has the uh, the intestinal fortitude to withstand a, a you know some sort of a a confrontation um but let's not care ourselves there 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 are you know people on the left who are all for gun ownership and the second amendment mm -hmm. you know it's not everybody this that that's who's really radicalized the people who want you know the Second Amendment done away with, the First Amendment done away with, uh, you know, boys and girls locker rooms and all. Those are the radical people. About two, well, about two percent. And they're not the ones who'll use violence against. No, they'll be the like, yeah, they'll be the first. They'll be the police, right? <laughs> Yeah. They'll be the ones who say, "Yeah, we need the police to yeah. step in. We need the National Guard. We need the this, that, and the other thing." And because they don't have the balls to do anything on their own, they they're really great at whining and crying about stuff until officials come along and do what they're told. But they they don't do things themselves except you know burn, loot, and murder. Um, they're not out there in front of anybody. They're not facing any. Um, muzzle of a gun that can't shoot a bullet through it did you did you track that down did you see that? no i have not been able to find it uh, <laughs> oh i have it somewhere i'll have to i'll see if i can find it here it's on my desktop i'll i'll email it to you um but at any rate uh that's the dare is you go ahead and try to be a, a radical and burn down the town and tip over a statue and 
you'll find out how fast the FBI shows up at your house and murders you. You know, just like the guy in Utah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what they're doing. So I think what I was think I was wanting to make here is that I think that part of what their exercise is next is to push every single button they possibly can until they do trigger some sort of an action where someone or some group of people do something, you know, whatever it is, who knows what it would be, but, you know, um, burn down a Planned Parenthood place or blow up a courthouse or uh, whatever it is, you know, something. But I, I think that if we follow the rule of thumb that's been the case with Trout, he fights back and something surprising happens where he doesn't just win, he wins something else that no one thought of being on the table. Um, and it could be that, yeah, they trigger someone into something happening and then, oh, well, it's intensity. It's not one. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, a thousand people, not a, not 20. You know, uh, oh, they're all armed. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, the, the police... Uh, they, they took a look at what's going on, decided they're not going to be a part of fighting these people. What, you know, I'm just throwing out there. Yeah, no, I get it. That, that, that something could happen that no one thought of that gelled to say, uh, no, you, you people have gone too far. Um, which is basically... You know, we were having fun, or I was, with the, the idea of, oh, well, what would the aliens advise <laughs> right. these yeah. theoretical revolutionaries to do, you know? Yeah. Which, that's exactly what they would do, is they would say, oh, no, you don't have one guy who has a protest. What you do is you have huge armed protests in every city where these indictments are going on, and then some. How about you have 25 major metro areas? How about you do that in all 25? You know, you just go way beyond the pale. Instead of having the, the truckers drive across the country and then proving a point and stopping and turning around, how about you have those truckers just keep right on driving and drive them uh, right through all the barricades, like Smokey and the Bandit or something. Mm -hmm. You know, just go way beyond the pale. Something that is so shocking that the left has to look up and say, "Oh my God, we might have, we might have pushed too far." Holy shit! You know, which I personally, I think that's what needs to happen. Well, I think I'm, it's the only way to stop all this. I'm curious: is if that does happen, do we see the F-16s, uh, you know, taking off? Well, Biden has been the one who threatened violence, right? So, 
I mean, is that is that literally you know what it's going to come down to, and and you know, just throwing this out there that maybe they want that to happen so they have an excuse to take those people out once and for all. I mean, they they've actually said that they you know these people need to go away. I don't know who they're specifically referring to. But I'm assuming that's it, it's anybody that's voted for Trump, 74 million people. They just need to be exterminated. So let's just push them and push them and push them until they do something that we see we see as unfit and we'll just I don't know. We'll just drop some, you know, bombs on them. It's all just collateral damage cuz mm -hmm. now they're gone. You know, it's America. We can always rebuild. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of what they say. I'm I'm not saying that that's the plan, but I'm you know, they're sick enough to think that. Well, sure they are. Yeah, they'll think they wouldn't do that. No, they're sick um, people. Yeah, they are. Uh, every one of these Marxist prosecutors is sick. Uh, and I think that Jack Smith is probably the sickest of all of them. He kind of looks and, like uh, a serial killer to me. Well, he does. He he, he looks like, look like uh, a normal human being. Who's the clown that owned Twitter or Twitface before? Oh, Musk Jack. Uh, Dorsey. Yeah, Dorsey. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, they could be twins. Yeah, they could, couldn't they? They, they both, both look like a couple of homeless freaking, you know. Heroin addicts is what they look they like. They do, don't they? I mean, that guy looks and like... I don't mean that again. Just, you know, I'm sorry, heroin, homeless heroin that, addicts. I'm, yeah, I'm that's insulting to the yeah. homeless heroin yeah. com community. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Matter of fact, like, Hunter could be a triplet, now that I think about it. Well, yeah, true, you know. Maybe they're all illegitimate children of Joe's. I can't imagine someone allowing somebody who looks like uh, Jackoff Smith to even represent the United States in a courtroom. I mean, that is just pathetic that someone who uh, looks like that is. Well, like I said, the Supreme Court has thrown him out on his ear uh, for. Uh, extreme prosecutions and stuff so i they're talking now that uh arizona is going to be the next one to charge trump with something yeah i wouldn't doubt it and i think that the stuff where you know trump has done pretty well fighting his own battles mm. but at, at some point you can't just let him fight continue fighting on his own and i don't think the republicans fight. are going to do anything yeah, he's the only guy in the fight. Well, I think that uh, I think you're right. The Republicans aren't going to do anything either. The my question is: Are the voters, are the people going to look up and say, you know, this could be me? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but uh, we've all heard the saying: If not for thou, it could be me. Well, there. Um, so the the media, the mass media, is already starting to um, jump ship, in my opinion. 
subtly right now, but they're starting to. Because I see, you know, questions being asked, um, you know, of experts and, and political pundits. Uh, do you think, you know, this is going to start affecting his, um, his lead in the, the run for the White House? And uh, should he drop out? And, and just, you, you, can, you can see that starting to happen if you're really paying attention. Well, yeah, what that clown uh, uh, buck in Colorado, he, he was quoted, I think it was yesterday or today, saying that these these trump indictments are a distraction oh i saw that crap i just well you know it's yeah if you're only distracted by them as i'm making you mad as hell then (laughs) you need to get your your ass out of congress yeah and go do something go shovel manure for a living or something because you're you're worth too worthless to listen to well so Um, i was going to mention uh Marsha Blackburn is going to be in the area at the local library close to where I live. And I, I think that I'm going to attend that, uh, that little get-together. And I'm going to have some, you know, if, if you were, were allowed to have a question and answer period, <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions if I'm, if I'm allowed to. Uh, because I don't see the Republicans doing anything, not not only just about Trump and his issues, but they're not really, really doing anything when it comes to uh, the whole Biden crime scheme or, or any of that stuff. They didn't do anything when they didn't really do anything when Hillary and and J- James Comey and all these people pulled their shenanigans. They didn't really do much. That, and, and that, that ding in the background is for me. Yeah, it's probably... So, oh, yeah, yeah, take, yeah. A look at, take a look at that photo. And the muzzle of that gun. Wow. No way a bolt comes out of that muzzle. That's insane. Isn't it? Well, and and so, you know, how old is this picture, too? You know, when yeah. was this picture taken? Yeah, I don't know. All I can tell you is it's not a real gun. I My guess is it's probably a laser tag gun or something, but... I, I I thought maybe it was a paintball gun, and then I realized, wrong. If it can't shoot a bullet, it can't shoot a, a ball of paint either. Yeah. So um, my guess is is some kind of laser tag gun made of plastic. Yeah. But um, I honestly don't know. But all I can tell you is it's not a real gun. You can't shoot a bullet through that muzzle. That's just a flash suppressor. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. So, but it's not real. 
But I mean the barrel yeah. and everything. Like, it's just an odd-looking weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like probably, a toy would be. Like a toy, you know, like you're saying. It's, it, could, it could possibly be, be just a toy. Yeah. Well, I think it's a laser tag game. But, but at any rate, if someone's walking down the street with that thing, you're going to think they're a gun. They have right. a gun, right? Yeah. But if he's in his house and he has that in his hands... He's not doing anything illegal, so you can't you can't be uh, trying to drive a uh, some armored plated vehicle through his front door and then fill him full of lead because he's got a gun in his hands and inside his own home. So that's a bad shoot, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, I got you sidetracked. No, that's all right. No, I wanted to see this because I couldn't find anything on it. And well, I I couldn't even find anything. I mean, I could, but it's not anything that, like, I could get a good visual on when it came to the the fires in um, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're blaming that on climate change, and it's like, oh, dang it, man. Yeah, you know, they had the they had the guy that was in charge. Uh, I'm not sure if he was the police chief or whatever, but but he was talking about what you had brought up, which was the sirens. And apparently they were for tsunamis. No, it, that, that's, that's how what, they started. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what they were saying, and he's and, and they asked him during a press conference, "Are you do you regret not, uh, you know, using the sirens?" He's like, "I don't at all. Nope, I do not." Because their their explanation was that would have caused people to think there was a tsunami and they would have taken to higher ground, which put would would have, would have put them in far more danger. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I think we just hit on the problem. It's that guy, whoever that guy is, or woman, or both. No, it's a guy. It's a guy. Yeah, um, that, I don't that person is too dumb to be doing that job. Well, and then it was Maisie Hirono. I mean, she's... Oh, my God. She's about as mentally disturbed as, as anyone has ever been. Uh, she uh, She's the one that came out. You know, she had press conferences and stuff. She represents Hawaii, and so... She was the one that came out and said it was due to climate change, and it's like... First of all, how do you how do you let a fire progress that quickly and do nothing about it? And you yeah. were you had mentioned something about um and I didn't follow the story that close. Um I've I've heard more after than I than I knew about like during. I knew that there was a fire, but I didn't know that it was this bad. Um but they were showing helicopters, you know, pulling water out of the ocean and shit. And I'm like, where in the hell? Like you said, where were the fire trucks at? Yeah, not one fire I'm truck. I'm not saying they shouldn't have used helicopters, but how did it get to the point where, like, it was so out of control that it decimated the entire, almost the entire island? How, yeah. how does that happen? Now, yeah. I understand that these aren't, you know, these islands are small, 
Uh, but still, I mean, there's got to be some sort of, I mean, are, are they not prepared for a fire or? No. Uh, I, I guess, you know, just run into the ocean if something happens. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's no sign of preparedness at all. So instead of saying we weren't prepared, well, this is climate. This is climate change's fault. I, I just don't. And people buy that nonsense. Well, they're so anxious to give incompetent people. I mean, how often does it rain in Hawaii, Ron? You, you were there. Well, it's, it's just that, you know. It, it's a it's a tropical it's the, climate though i mean it's not like a, no, but a it's, desert it's, the dry, it's a dry season there now okay well i don't this know much the about west it. the west side of maui is very dry this time of year okay well I'm, I'm not familiar with that part of the country yeah um the east side of the island is not that dry but the west side of the island does get very dry in the summertime um it doesn't get as much rain okay. now in winter time. Like I was telling you, Christmas time, uh, it was all it did was rain. Yeah, we were there. Um, but yeah, it gets hot and dry. And uh, since the well, okay, this is not intended to be a political slam, but since NAFTA, all of those pineapple plantations that used to be all over uh western maui uh disappeared because that's all grown in like costa rica and places now you know dole took all of their uh operations and moved it into central america well of course that, yeah that's where all of that pineapple is grown now so all the pineapple uh forests that used to be all over Hawaii and especially West Maui, uh, that's all just land. It's all just dry grass. Which and they never right, probably take care of. Well, of course not. No. It, I mean, it's probably like Calhan in Colorado, you know, it's, yeah. it's just dry yeah. until, until rainy season comes along. Well, okay. So why isn't there like a, stone wall uh some sort of barrier around town between these dry fields and that stuff i mean i even have a, a fire suppression uh sprinkler system like a like for landscaping mm -hmm. only like more like a golf course right. around the uh, house and outbuildings so that if there's a grass fire, which which happens, uh, that can be turned on, and you know, the, the fire doesn't get to the stuff that's valuable. Yeah, I mean, I even had that at my ranch in Colorado. It's just, you know, it's not that expensive, and it's a great uh, preparedness thing. So, you know, they don't even have that around Lahaina. And all the people who work on Maui live in Lahaina. It's just where all the locals live. So yeah, there's some very wealthy people. But I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't an electrical line, it could have been someone flicking a cigarette or a lightning strike or 
Yeah. You know, an ember from someone, you know, burning a fire. It, it was probably a downed electric line. That's what they're saying is most likely the... Uh, yeah. But they also said, if that was the case, uh, they could have just shut the uh, the power. They could have cut the power. Yeah. And prevented the 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 whole thing from happening. Now that yeah, that's all speculation because you never know, right? Well, it's just that if that's what happened, shouldn't the transformer have been tripped? So something something isn't doesn't sound right to me about it, and yet it could be true. It could be that it, you know, down electrical line it arc. Uh, started a grass fire, and, uh, you know, I'm on board with that being a very distinct possibility. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. But I'm not saying that is what happened. Uh, but but it's, uh, well, as we used to say in the old days, it's plausible. Right. Um, so it's very plausible. It makes sense. There's nothing onerous about that. It's just they weren't prepared. So no one no one gains anything by not being honest. And and the honest answer is something unexpected happened during a very high wind event and the town wasn't prepared. I'm not pointing fingers anywhere. I'm just trying to summarize what happened and don't let it happen again so what what is necessary to make sure that doesn't happen again you know that, that that's just how a problem solver thinks so I, i'm just not hearing words like that uh, i'm hearing a lot of excuses right that's what i was getting at with the yeah so like, why do we keep putting up with excuses why is everyone so interested in making excuses for everyone instead of being mad or being sad or whatever but but saying you know why isn't so and so in trouble for this decision or why is it you know why aren't people mad about biden not having any comment you know uh you know there's this outrage if trump would have said uh no comment can you imagine i, rem be I remember before before covid was actually you know full-blown there was a, a couple of weeks or a month and he didn't have a press they were throwing a fit why is why isn't the president coming out and addressing the press what's he hiding from i'm like and if you had the same standards for the current president half of you would be hairless and and in a straight jacket in an asylum somewhere because you're freaking you know going out of your head crazy because yeah. this guy never freaking talks to the press if he does it's a pre-planned and and predetermined questions with with uh Flashcards. Yeah. Why do they put up with that? And, and, and then it's what they, what and they, they say even, they're mad about is not what they're mad about. 
Yeah. No. And, and I mean, you know, let's be real. Um, that usually takes place for, you know, three or four question and, questions, and then he's got to go take a nap. Uh, yeah. And so why are they willing why are they willing to put up with that crap? I mean I don't know why I don't know why we're willing as as a society to put up with a lot of the crap that we put up with. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what's happening with Trump, why aren't there 18 million people rioting in the streets right now over Biden? I mean, seriously. Yeah, no, it's it's for sure. Um we're 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 like an event away from being involved uh, in a full-blown war with Russia. I mean, we already are, but we we're just we just have our troops there and everything as quote unquote advisors, like usual. But well, they just decided to, they just decided to send Ukraine F-16s. Uh, through the Netherlands and Denmark. So, you know, claiming that we're not involved in a war is untrue. I mean, we're, we're supplying them with, with not only money, but obviously, you know, um, military weapons, and, and now we're getting ready to send F-16s. And at what point does, does Putin say, you know what? You don't have any boots on the ground, but man, you're supplying my enemy yeah. with weaponry to fight against me. So therefore, you're you're kind of in the game. Oh, yeah. So guess what? You want to play games, I'm going to pull you into the game entirely. Like, you're not going to have a choice. You're, you're legitimately going to be in the game. Right now, yeah. you're just playing, you know... You're playing footsies, but I'm I'm gonna draw you into this game once and for all. Yeah, I think that's on the table. Personally. And and like you said, what what actually is our strategic what what, what do we have to gain? You know, Ukraine's not a member of NATO, nor should they ever be. And I get I, I get they're speculating. They're, they're just speculating that if he takes Ukraine, next is Poland, who is a, a, a NATO ally, uh, or, or some of those other countries uh, that border Ukraine. But we don't well, know that. More, more importantly, Poland is one of our allies. No, that's what I meant. I don't NATO, or, NATO or not, Poland and Hungary, they're looked down upon amongst liberals in this country. And amongst NATO, oh, they aren't. They aren't they, now. But they're, but they're actually our allies. They are very friendly countries with us. Yeah, no, for sure. But and and they're using that as a crutch. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm saying that uh, they're speculating that if if they take if Putin takes the Ukraine, that he'll go after Poland next, or or Hungary, or some of the other countries. And them being our allies, they don't want that to happen. But we don't know that that's his end game. Yeah, I don't believe. Yeah, nobody it. knows what go, is going on in not only in that man's mind, but what's happened between Ukraine and, and Russia. Nobody knows any of that information. Right. Not that they're saying out loud, and and not that we need to know everything about it, but. 
people need to understand that <laughs> they keep they keep egging this man on. And I don't understand the reason behind it. Now, don't get me wrong. I've said this on this show before, and I'll say it again. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be helping Ukraine. I'm not saying that I, I don't have any sympathy for the Ukrainian people. I'm part Ukrainian uh, through my grandparents, uh, Polish and Ukrainian. So I have, no, I have no skin in the game other than what I just said. But strategically and, and geographically, what do we have? What do we have? What's our interest? And is it worth uh, potentially going to war with Russia over? And it's not going to be a, a, a war similar to Afghanistan or, you know, Iraq or any of that crap. This is going to be... This is going to be bad news. Well, the thing is, we are already at war with Russia. We're just not being upfront about it. But well, that's what I'm we saying. We're kind of playing yeah. a little game, yeah. Yeah, we have. We already have troops there, and we already have well advisors. They're troops. They're the ones operating these missiles and drones and crap. Um. But we have people there. It's a, you know, all he has to do is, uh, you know, send a missile into their barracks, and, you know, then we've got a, a really bad, bloody situation going on. But who is the one who has not told our country about the fact that we have people there? Uh, you know, it, it's just so dishonest. But. Your, your point is exactly on point, which is what's our strategic interest? What, what business do we have being there? And, and isn't it more important that we get along with Russia than, than we do something like spend a hundred billion, more than a hundred billion dollars on Ukraine? How does that benefit us at all? It doesn't benefit us. No, because we're we're depleting we're depleting our military resources. Yeah. Um by by doing all this, we're we're depleting uh we're hurting the economy because we're spending money not only not only to replace the military weapons and, and assistance that we've given them, but the monetary aid that we give them with money we don't have. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, what's our strategic interest or, or what is our interest at all? And then what about all the money? Yeah. You know, this clown runs around saying he, he reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion since he's been the president. Dude, we went from $22 trillion to $32. Where's the, where's the reduction at? Can you not do basic math? Yeah. Are you... <laughs> who are you trying to fool? Yeah. The, the, all the other fools in your party, I get. 
but you're not fooling me. And yeah. I, I just don't, uh, you know what? I have come to the conclusion, which isn't going to make me stop or give up uh, fighting for what's right, but I literally have said this, and I think it's true. I think our country is over. I think we're done. And the only thing where it's all over but the crying. We haven't got there yet. But I think we're getting real close, Ron. Well, yeah, exactly. It, the, my question is, is there, are we going down without a fight? Because I haven't seen any fights. Well, that's the that's the million dollar question. It's not it's yeah. not that we're it's the question is that we're you know are we going down? But I think you hit the nail on the head right there, which is <clears throat> is there anybody going to do anything about it? Or are we just going to sit around and yeah. watch it all fall down around us? Yeah, because the country is lost, but it's not permanently lost. There's a way to get it back. Or there, in other words, there are ways to get it back. But you don't get it back by, oh, well, we'll go win this next election. No, that, yeah, that could be part of it. But there, there's just something missing in the psyche of the public. Uh, you know, the the country is lost to the Marxists. You know, if, if people don't realize that, I don't know what to tell them because the stuff that's been going on, uh, not just Trump, but Trump's a great example, uh, that doesn't go on in a free country. No. Um, I mean, this none of what's going on now goes on in a free no, country. No, we don't see big tech trying to censor, you know, Different, different uh, opinions, uh, different views. We don't see, you know, um, law enforcement agencies, uh, su you know, suppressing people's rights and and making up crimes and new laws that never existed before. I mean, and it it doesn't necessarily, like you said, all pertain to Trump. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. We got accountants carrying guns. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. yeah that are exactly. actually government employees, even though the uh, IRS isn't a government entity, per se. Or law enforcement. Oh, yeah, either or. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of... I mean, have we all lost our minds? I think so, yeah. I mean, is, I it, is, it, is it in the food? Mass, is it in the water? I mean, where is it coming from? Mass formation psychosis. Well, I mean, it's a good point. But the question is, is the country's lost. Are We didn't do anything to stop it. Are we going to do anything to get it back? Where, where are these 18 million people? Yeah, I, I question I just, I just don't believe it. I, don't. I think there are 18 million people who are mad as hell. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'm willing to do something about it, but I'm not willing to do it on my own. Yeah. Uh, people who do things on their own, you know, they're living in Costa Rica. 
they're uh, they're living like I do, where uh, they're as free as they possibly can be without having to go through getting arrested and all that kind of stuff. You know, but one person can't do anything. Well, one person cannot force the sort of change that we need to have. One person can do all they can, but one person can't really do a very effective march on Washington. You know, it, it takes a, a, a critical mass. So it's not that one person is not important. It's just that one person is not sufficient mass to move the obstruction that's in the way. So physics, I'm talking about physics rather than uh, something else. So, you know, we just, where's the 18 million people? I, I'm just not believing it. I, I, I just don't think that we have that many people in this country with that kind of gumption. If I'm wrong, fine. You have to prove me wrong. It's like the the election results. I could be wrong, but you have to prove me wrong. And no one's proven me wrong about the election being uh, screwed up. Mm -hmm. Not all over the country, but in enough in enough places that the Democrat Party controls the precincts in the key areas that they needed to, Atlanta being one of them. I mean, it, Atlanta is just too corrupt to trust any kind of trial that goes on there. I hate to think what you know if you're. Oh, a, they wanna they wanna televise it, and they're like, "This will draw yeah. more ratings in the Super Bowl." I'm like, "Is well, is that really what you care about?" I wouldn't mind it being on uh, TV. I mean. But it's we just have a, a right. It's just we a, have a right to see it. I think. No, I, and I'm not saying that's but, a bad but that, thing. But, but the, that could backfire too. Well, that sure. could backfire into just what I was talking about, where yeah. you have people getting mad as hell about it and saying, "Oh no, I didn't know it was this bad." Yeah, I so, get that. But I mean, it's just the the nonchalant attitude of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it's I like. Yeah. Well, you know, let's make a spectacle of this whole thing where it's not about justice, it's not about doing the right thing, and it's not about getting to the bottom of, you know, whether he did something wrong or not. It's about, oh, we're going to have a lot of money inflow, influx into the, the city, and we'll televise it, and we'll get better ratings in the Super Bowl. I'm like, God damn. These people are, are just insane to me. Like, everybody in this country has lost their minds. Because you're talking about you're talking about someone who's never been accused of a crime before, never been in trouble with law enforcement that I'm aware of ever in his life, and putting the man in prison for the rest of his life. The only thing they haven't charged him with yet is treason, or like I said, domestic terrorism, which can carry a, the death penalty. What what are they gonna want? What are they gonna do? Charge him with something that that they can get the death penalty, a conviction, and get the death penalty, and execute him live on television? 
<laughs> I mean, wh what the hell is going on? I get yeah. they don't want him to be president. <coughs> but my gosh. Uh, the outright blatancy of what they're doing is it's just insane to me. Well, and like you said, nobody's nobody cares. <coughs> well, it, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I know... Uh, I know folks who are not okay with it. They're mad as hell. I know people who shake their head at it and you're like, oh man, kind of the same as I'm saying. I'd love to do something about it, but I don't know what I could do on my own. Um, but there, there does need to be a critical mass. You know what he needs to do? I'll tell you what he needs to do. Like tomorrow. Announce he's dropping out of the race. And pull and pull an okie doke. And and wait till the middle of next week and go. Ah, I was only kidding, and and see what what happens between like tomorrow and the middle of next week if like they start dropping charges or whatever. Because that that's all they want. They want him to drop out. They want him to be ineligible. Or to go away, and if he does that, all that stuff will probably be ended. I'm just speculating, of course. Yeah, it could be. I I don't know. I uh, I really don't. All I know is what's going on is not acceptable, not in our country. And I'm willing to do something about it. I don't know. I don't think there are 18 million others, though. I really don't. I uh, I dare them to come forward. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. All right, well. So guess. much for our little revolution. We really do need the aliens to come and help us. There may be aliens that we're fighting. Well, I wouldn't doubt it. They don't act like normal humans. <clears throat> no. And they know that some of them don't even look like normal humans, like we were talking about with the... Yeah, that's uh, for sure. What's his name? The prosecutor and Jack Dorsey and all these yeah. clowns. <clears throat> all right, well, that'll do it for another episode. Uh, today is, what, Thursday the... What is today's date? 17th. Thursday the 17th. So we will see you again on Tuesday. Uh, hope everybody has a good weekend. And yep. check us out on an inquiry into freedom.com. Challenge any liberals, please. Email us uh, and, and, you know, threaten us, do whatever. But tell us where we're wrong. <laughs> and, and don't, you know, try to be a little, uh, <clears throat> have a little substance instead of, you know, some. BS that you might post online or whatever. No, I'm more interested in where the 18 million are. I want to hear from them too. I was getting ready to say that. I want to hear from yeah. I want to hear from some fellow conservatives. Yeah. And and maybe some moderate Democrats. Uh that have issues with with anything. Not just Trump or Biden, but you know what what's your your opinion on the economy, on 
you know, the job situation, uh, you know, rising costs, just anything. Uh, and inquire into freedom.com. And we will see you Tuesday. Hasta la vista. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>